Hello, everyone. My name is Tara Stingley, one of our hosts from the United States on the Employment Matters podcast, and I'm here covering the ELA Annual Conference in San Francisco. I'm talking today with one of our ELA partners, Olivia Girard from Orange Marcoux in Quebec, and we're here to talk about the life cycle of the employee in Quebec. So, Olivia, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about the life cycle of the employee and first with the hiring process. What kinds of issues would you say are unique to Quebec? So Quebec is definitely unique in terms of employment matters. For example, in offer letters, we often see, as in many jurisdictions, I suppose, a probationary period. But what is somewhat unique, I suppose, is our probationary period is actually mentioned explicitly in our Labor Standards Act. So our Labor Standards Act actually mentions a three-month probationary period in that if you are to terminate an employee within their first three months of employment, you don't owe them any statutory notice. That's certainly unique. And so how many employers would you say, do you see often that employers are well aware of that requirement and familiar with it? Or is that something unique that catches employers off guard? Employers in Quebec are mostly aware of it. It's perhaps more for employers that are coming from outside of Quebec from other jurisdictions. And then once the employee has started and onboarded and successfully made it through their probationary period, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges to retaining employees in your jurisdiction? I think like in many jurisdictions, employee retention right now is definitely an ongoing and major issue. Employees just have so much choice, so many opportunities so many other offers. So employers in Quebec are definitely struggling with that. And I mean, like everywhere, it means having to rethink how their workplaces are set up or rethink benefits, rethink flexibility of, you know, working schedules of being able to work from home, even, you know, being able to work from other jurisdictions, other countries. So these are all kind of things that employers are kind of having to implement in order to remain competitive. And with respect to paid leave benefits, what kinds of paid leave benefits are required in Quebec for employers to provide? We have a few days for sick leave. So employees, well, actually not only sick leave. So employees that have more than three months of uh, continuous service are entitled to two paid days to either take for sick leave or for family reasons. So that can be for anything related to, you know, children, parents, a sick child, something like that. And employees are not required to provide any notice or, you know, ask for the time off ahead of time. So it's really, you know, any emergency situation kind of thing, they just have to warn their employer and they can take those days. How about vacation leave? Is vacation leave required? Absolutely. So employees are entitled to anywhere between, you know, a few days to three weeks off. So any employee that has, let's say, less than one year, it'll be proportioned to, you know, how long they've been with the same employer. Employees that have more than one year of continuous service will be entitled to two weeks paid at, you know, 4%. And then once they hit the kind of three-year mark, that's when they're entitled to three weeks paid at 6%. Okay, so we've made it through the employment relationship. Let's say that things aren't working out and an employer needs to make a change with respect to ending the employment relationship. What are the issues that employers need to keep in mind? 
So terminations in Quebec are definitely particular, and there's a few things to keep in mind. So the first thing I would mention is that any employee that has more than two years of service, so this is excluding, you know, very senior management, but any other employee that has more than two years of service will have a certain job protection. So our Labor Standards Act, once again, explicitly mentions that employees that have more than two years of service can only be terminated for good and sufficient cause. And obviously the burden to prove that is on the employer. And that can be a very difficult burden to meet. So it can be for you know disciplinary reasons. It can be for performance issues. It can be for reorganization. But at the end of the day, the employer needs to be able to demonstrate that. And that usually will require a certain amount of documentation. Now, if you don't have good and sufficient cause and you have an employee that's been with you for more than two years, that employee is legally entitled to their job. So if you terminate and they consider that, you know, you did not have good and sufficient cause, they can file a claim with our CNESST, which is our kind of commission that takes care of labor standards, workers' compensation, et cetera. And if the tribunal finds that, you know, indeed you did not have good and sufficient cause to terminate their employment, they will be typically reintegrated into their former position with, you know, all the back pay. So although the employee does have a certain obligation to mitigate their damages, the, you know, maximum exposure, let's say, could be, you know, that full period between the termination date and the date of the decision. The next kind of thing to keep in mind in Quebec is that you cannot limit notice of termination or severance or the indemnity in year of in a contract. So our civil code explicitly mentions that, you know, employees cannot renounce ahead of time to what would constitute reasonable notice. So even if you have a contract that's super well drafted, that's very explicit in terms of termination and entitlement. If an employee considers that, that that's not reasonable, they could 100% challenge that at the moment of termination and your clause would not be of any assistance to you. Is the definition of good cause defined by law or is that something that's really just developed through the common law of employee terminations and, and case law addressing it? It's more developed through case law. So there's no explicit definition. So it's really kind of on a case-by-case matter, depending on how long the employee's been there, what their role is, what kind of fault or what kind of situation are you blaming for the termination, let's say. And if an employer tries to mitigate the issues associated with the termination, if they don't have good cause, how effective are severance agreements in that instance? So you can definitely try to come to a termination agreement with the employee, which is usually what we recommend, even if an employer has good and sufficient cause, usually we'll say, okay, well, you know, offer a little bit more than statutory minimum and have them sign a release, but there's no obligation for the employee to accept. So even if you're, you know, ready to offer a very generous kind of termination package, the employee does not have to accept. And if an employee does accept, are there any claims in a termination agreement that could not be released by law? So for example, would the employee still retain any kind of rights for a worker's compensation claim or to pursue unemployment compensation benefits or anything like that that would not be effective in releasing in a termination agreement? Typically, you would want to make sure that, you know, all of those things are kind of dealt with ahead of time and that the employee is renouncing to, you know, any claim damages, any sort of advantage that they could potentially have before coming to that agreement. 
And I know in some jurisdictions, certainly whistleblower protections have developed as a unique area of the law. And let's say that you have a termination agreement that an employee has signed. Would the employee still have a right to assert a claim with, let's say, a government or administrative agency to allow them to investigate something, even if they waive their own right to recover any kind of monetary damages from that proceeding? Is that something that's unique or allowed in your jurisdiction? I would not think that you would be able to kind of release that in a release. I think that we don't have any, you know, very specific whistleblowing legislation. It's mentioned here and there in different kind of laws, but I don't think because it's such an important subject, I don't think that an employer could, you know, successfully argue that the release kind of protected them against that kind of denunciation. Now, Olivia, in your experience in employment law, what would you say are the most common issues that trip up employers in this area? Going back to the termination clauses, definitely employers that are coming from outside of Quebec, that takes them by surprise for sure, because it's it's very particular. I think that it's kind of a shock for some employers to realize how well protected employees can be in Quebec and in that, you know, these employees are, it's almost like you're in a unionized environment. So that's definitely surprising. Otherwise, once again, for employers that are coming from other jurisdictions, it's Quebec. So our official language is French. So technically, you know, employers are supposed to be communicating with their employees in French and employment contracts and and all documentation policies are supposed to be drafted in French. Now, not all employers do that, but technically, you know, that is what it's supposed to be. So that can be sometimes a little bit surprising for employers, especially coming from, you know, the U.S. or other parts of Canada. Olivia, this has been a fascinating discussion of the life cycle of the employee in Quebec. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. To our listeners, if you'd like to connect with Olivia, you can find her bio in the Find a Lawyer tool on the ELA website or by clicking on her name in the description of this podcast. For more information about the Employment Law Alliance and to reach any of our lawyers worldwide, visit us at ela.law. By registering on the website, you can also receive timely updates on our programming and access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast from the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest and most prestigious network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms in the world. I'm Tara Stingley. Thanks for listening.